Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Pound Time Podcast. I am Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. This is our Living Legends segment today. And once again, we have some special ladies here who's been in the, in the Louisiana Baton Rouge area for quite a while and who have made a great impact. I have today, I have two ladies who worked at a job at that time was very uh, during, hard, almost like label work, but it was, they did it with a labor of love though because they enjoyed what they was doing at the Baton Rouge General Hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Today I have Miss Catherine Jackson. Welcome to Count Time, Miss Jackson. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And we have another special young lady here, Miss Gwendolyn Miller. Thank you and welcome to Count Time, Ms. Miller. And thank you. And again, I'm indeed happy to be on the program. So you're welcome. You're welcome. So I got Miss Jackson who says she ended up at Baton Rouge General. Tell us about the Baton Rouge General experience. And you said something about, I just said, the Ford Floor. And it was the Ford Wing. So that was the, they call it the Black Wing, I guess, that, uh, of the hospital. They didn't call it that. They called it Fourth South. And that was known as the Black Wing. But they didn't call it that. Well, not to us. They didn't call it that. <laughs> so, when you when you who showed up there first, Miss Gwen or I did. He was there first. So how many how many of us was working there at that time? Oh, there were quite a few of us working there at that time. There was a nurse named Miss Annie Mayo, Miss Aurelia Scott, Miss Thelma Butler. The head nurse was Miss Frances Thomas, Miss Lucinda Clark, who was my, she was my angel. She kept me under her wings and just helped taught me everything she knew. She was a registered nurse and I was LPN. But there was no difference. We, we had a lot of the same responsibilities. There were some things that I could not do but then I was always a nurse like Miss Gwen and Miss Clark and Miss Thomas around to support us. I was assigned a lot to the maternity ward, to where the mothers and the babies would be. So the maternity ward was up on the fourth floor? Too? It was on the fourth floor. So this is where the mothers would come after they had the babies. We would take care of the babies, give them their first shots. Miss Gwen. So how, because I also said, how many bathrooms were there there? You said, because you said that she had to, you had to bathe them, so. Uh, well, we probably on that one unit, we probably only had one bathroom. I can't really recall, but I know we were, two. there were two. Thank two. One for the men and one for the women, for all those patients. Well, where was the bathroom located? On the hall. On the hallway. On the hall. On the yeah. hall. And like so, we said, this one. So that was made like a uh, uh, college dormitory. Absolutely. Yes. And this one floor was where all your black patients were assigned, regardless of the medical condition. No matter what, everybody no matter, was put. Everybody was put there. They could have a contagious disease, but they were placed on the four south. When Fort South had no beds on that unit, we had patients in the hall with IV stands. It was a 
a situation that was unbelievable. They treated us like animals. That's it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. But they got, but I, I will have to say this, that they got the best of care. And we, and I, I, we had one white nurse, I'm not going to call her name, that would work with the black nurses on Four South. The rest of the nurses refused to work on that unit. I was a Miss Terry. Yeah, well, I didn't want to call her name. We knew her. And, and she was the only one, if we were short of, of nurses, she was the only one. Everybody else refused to work with her. So now, now, that's interesting because we, they just leave a situation where we raised them. Thank we you. literally took care of them from, from well, the... Mrs. Anderson has given <laughs> their name, her name. She's the only white nurse that would... Everybody else would go home before they came to Fort White, not, not blacks. Everybody else would go home before they would come on Fort South because they knew the work that had to be done there. So, I mean, I'm just, just that, I mean, it's ironic that, that, that we, yet our ancestors took care of them, Absolutely. raised all them to where they are now, and they don't have nothing to do with no. helping or assisting like no, something no. wrong, like we were some yeah. kind of, contag we had some kind well, of contagious that's disease. exactly what you would think, but I, again, I'll have to say thank God for the nurses because those patients got excellent care. We had no cross infections, even with your babies there, with your contagious diseases there. And just two stage. bathrooms. And two bathrooms. Two bathrooms. But thank God. And how many people was in each room then? Well, it was a unit. It was a ward. It was a ward. It was it a would ward. Be about seven patients in a room. Yeah. We didn't have, if I remember correctly, we may have had one or two private rooms, but that was rare. So it was like a dormitory. Like a dormitory. That's Everybody exactly. that was black. With the street, we would have a curtain that would surround them. Yeah, I'm, like they still, they Give still them some did. privacy, yeah, a curtain a between yeah. them. So that's how they got privacy. Yeah. That's so you, but if you had to bathe somebody in the bed, we learned. We figured it out. We huh? were taught how to bathe a patient in the bed without wetting up the sheet. So y'all became good, did I? We were good. <laughs> yeah. So all the, the tough situation made y'all even that much better nurses. Well, I'll tell you this. I used to go home every night and call my daddy, just full of tears, crying, because I was not used to that. And he said to me, Baby, remember that is a good experience, and it was good for you to learn. Mm -hmm. So that's how he addressed it, and don't let them upset you. <laughs> now, you come from Alabama. I came from Alabama. And Alabama was even rough, rougher, like they said, in Louisiana. I thought I don't that's where the Confederates set up a camp in, right. in Alabama. But in Tuskegee, I guess it was a little different environment. Mm -hmm. And they educate a lot of educated people. I think people. that okay. made a difference. Oh yeah, you 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 was raised around royalty. You didn't. You didn't well, I don't know how. You didn't have that kind of experience. I don't know how royal I was, but I was, I was truly blessed. Okay, then. and I appreciated that. But you know, it doesn't happen everywhere in Alabama. But Al, uh, Tuskegee was a little bit different. So that was it. Caught you off guard being in. So in other words, the hospital was segregated. Yeah, very much segregated. Just like the schools and everything else. Right. And I mean, it was unusual. Probably situation. even more so than the schools. Yeah. And I'll tell you another uh, thing in the 50s. When I went to Baton Rouge General, the cafeteria was segregated. The black nurses 
had to go to a vendor and order their food. You could not go through the line. Now, I was given the credit, and I will share this with everybody, that one day I went down and, I, and a, the, a nurse working on the unit with me was also a Dilla graduate. She went down and she came back up and she said to me, Gwen, I went and I sat on the, on the side of the, of the cafeteria with the, white, with the white people and nobody said anything to me. Now, I want you to do the same thing. So I did the same thing when I did my dinner break. I did not go to that window and order my meal. I went to where the white people were sitting and sat down and ate my meal. They looked at me on <laughs> different, different you know, views and I said, well, I'm just going to take my chances. So they, they, they're giving me credit for integrating the cafeteria. But so was, after that, then you, after, everybody started after going. That, after so no, that. nobody challenged you or said anything. No. Just that we've been, we was co so conditioned just right, to, to go, go to the window. Go to the window, order your meal, and go in a little room by yourself. And that's the same thing way things are continuing in this system now. Right. Just that we don't, we don't challenge it. We just right. go along and with I the, with the program. It. I, I wasn't, you know, really. <laughs> Maybe it was a little bit nervous, but I did challenge him. That was after how long you had been working there already? Oh, I had probably been there a couple of years. And y'all was just going to the yeah, window to get your food? Just, just, uh, that was the routine. Nobody questioned anything back in the day. Nobody nobody even told you to go to the window? Nobody told me. Well, no, it was, it was understandable that if you were black, you could not sit in the cafeteria with the white, white, your white counterpart. And you did, you're working just as hard as anybody else. You're working harder. Oh, for South, I was working harder. <laughs> so, what did you, Ms. Jackson? What did y'all eat at? What did y'all when y'all, Ms. Jackson, when y'all went to the window? We had to, get to sit food. in the room by ourselves, but we couldn't go through the line. You know, most people have a cafeteria line where you go and order what you want, request what you want. We had to look at this little window and tell the people what we wanted. They handed us our plates. We went back to our little, little, little segregated room. I don't know how many seats or tables were in there, and we ate separate from them. But this particular day, I said, enough is enough. And I just walked in the room, went through the line just like I was one of them, and nobody said anything. But as I got back to the floor that evening, I looked up and the supervisor was coming to talk to me. I said, oh God, I've lost my job. He's going to fire me. He said, well, Mrs. Miller, I just came to see how your day is going. Oh, I was so relaxed. I said, oh, my God, I've lost my job. And, and they always ask him, why are the black women angry? Right. But he was just as nice. He didn't say a thing about me uh, going, sitting on that white side of that cafeteria eating. But I just I said, oh, God, they've told the man I came in the cafeteria. Now he's going, I, I don't have a job. <laughs> but it worked out beautiful. He says, I just came to see how your day was going. I said, oh, fine. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You're glad to still have a job. Then. Still have a job. And it worked fine. And after that day, the walls came down. And nobody had to sit on one side of the cafeteria. Blacks and whites were sitting together. That, that changed the way they, they dealt with you all after that? Absolutely. Everything was different. They just overnight things. Overnight, just an overnight. They just tore the wall down and made one big room and everybody could be. Oh, there was a wall. Yeah, there was a wall between that us. That was a room half the size of this room. Right. So you couldn't even see them no. from where you were at? No, no. no. We just looked at that window and they could probably tell you what they had online and you said, well, give me, you know, give me this, give me that. And we had to take it. And then we went and sat in our little room 
and and the white nurses and doctors and everybody was sitting in there enjoying themselves. So, so y'all y'all can get this whatever they had for lunch. Y'all was able to have yeah, access to it, but y'all couldn't. We had to go to a little window and order, and then sit in our separate rooms. Was it still that way on the outside too when you went to restaurants or to to the local? businesses at that time? In the hospital. Yes, if we couldn't go in through the front, we were going through the side. Yeah. I'm talking about at, 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 local, at the local restaurants. It was, in, it was in the hospital. Well, they probably had a sign back. You remember they had a sign that said colored only or right. white and only. The doctor's offices, the yeah, same thing. Were, yeah, we couldn't even go into the doctor's offices. There was a, a place where the blacks were in and a place where the whites were in. Mm -hmm. So if you went to see the same doctor. Yeah, you have to go in the one that says colored only. You different door. Yeah, that happened in the 50s. So in the hospital was still practicing basically the same thing as far as the cafeteria and as far as segregating of patients. They, we were, all of our black patients were on one unit. They could not be placed on a unit with white patients. Mm -hmm. But I have to say they got excellent care in spite of the, of the, of the conditions. So let me ask a question. I, I have Ms., uh, my dear friend once again, Ms. Maida McDonough here. So I don't know if you're going to be able to hear the question from where you okay, are. Okay, what I want to ask you all is in that you all were on a segregated unit, Full South, when African-American patients were at the hospital, were their doctor or did their doctor take care of them? Were they able to come and care for that patient? How did that work? Yes, the doctors did take care of them. The white doctors the white doctor. did come, and the majority of them were very nice, and it was nice to us. There was a few that was a little uppity. <laughs> you know, there were a few. But uh, on the whole, the white doctors took care of their patients just like they did their white patients. That we had a couple of black doctors at the time, Dr. Butler, Dr. Uh, James, yeah, Dr. James, Dr. James, yeah. Dr. James, yeah. Dr. Lewis James, Lewis James. Mm -hmm. was the two black doctors at the time that took care of them. But now, if they had their patients there, they could not attend to their patients in the hospital. The white doctors had to care for their patients. And then once they got out of the hospital, then they would go back to yes, their doctor, yes. being Dr. Butler or yes. Dr. James. Yeah, yes. absolutely right. Yes. Uh, black doctors, is my understanding, back in that day now, it's been a long time, it's hard for me to remember, could not admit a patient to the, to the Baton Rouge General. The white doctor had to admit that patient and take care of that patient, but once that patient was discharged, they could go back to their black doctor. Oh, that's right. So it was not only the nurses in the day, but eventually, the yeah, black doctors did get a chance to changed. admit their patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and like I said, I started at Baton Rouge General in 1959, and I was there until 1969. So there were some changes. So, so you, you, you saw it. Uh, evolution of different things happening yeah, when, right, from the right from right the fourth right. floor where everybody was that looked like us was admitted there. admitted in place there on yeah. the fourth floor the fourth they call it four four south four south and that's got and a, you cannot find four south at Baton Rouge General anymore. <laughs>
Well, they no, did away with the floor altogether. They, they now how they did that? You got to be kidding me! They totally removed it from the, from the history. There is no right. Did they remodel it so there is no full south anymore? You tell me that they went and totally dismantled the fourth floor. There is no. No such thing. We cannot recognize Full South anymore. Lord have mercy. We tried to get them to put up a plaque. They made a plaque, but we don't think they put it up yet. <laughs> How long ago was that? About five years Many ago. years ago. Joan Henderson kept pursuing it. Yeah, that's Miss Ida Henderson. Miss Ida daughter. Henderson, so yeah, and she brought all y'all together the first time. I, I heard. Yes, yes, she's been with us from the beginning. She helped get us together well, and we, helped bring this out. Well, we need to figure out. We need to no, not figure out. We need to make sure that they put place a plaque in the Baton Rouge General Hospital on Florida. They got Florida Boulevard and they're on Blue Bonnet now. So, where, where do y'all want the plaque at? Y'all went on Florida Boulevard where we need Miss Maida, McDonald, and Samia. Y'all assignment just to make sure that these ladies get a plaque in honor of them with their name for the Four South. It was the number Four South? Four South. Four South. Four South. Four South. It's the fourth floor. So that was that faced Government Street then. That's right. It was it a big floor? I mean, it was oh, a whole floor. It was a whole unit. It was a it, large. Unit. It had about one, two, three, four wards, and about five semi-private wards further down the hall. And then there was a pediatric unit that was facing a nurses station, where the babies, where the not babies because the nursery was on the other end of the hall. I can, I can see that hall now in oh, my okay. vision. You, see, you remember how it was I laid out? It. It's real to you now. It's real. It was a job to me. I didn't think about it being just a black ward at the time. It was a job. It was a career. It was a way of help raising my children. So and you literally was it taking care of your community. It was on me as it was on Miss Miller because our background, our education level and all was different. So for me, I did it. Because you had to and do it. And I enjoyed it. I loved nursing. I loved my job. I loved my patients. So I just went and I did it to the best of my ability. It was just part of you. Part of me, yeah. And particularly, you, you know, y'all literally was serving y'all community. Yeah, absolutely. And we had no choice. I mean, it was, right. it was what something that we had no choice because those patients had to be taken care of. And if we didn't do it, who was going to do it? That's the white right. nurses refused to come on that unit. Except one. Because of Terry. Except one. Well, I'm not giving her name, but she, was, but she was the only one that would work that unit out of all the white nurses. They'd go home first. Well, I heard, didn't y'all stay some kind of sick out? Nah, yeah, I, would, I, I wasn't there at the time. That's Miss Jackson. You, you didn't do that, huh, Miss Jackson? Yeah. You love your job, Miss Jackson. You ain't going to stage no sick out. But we did because <laughs> if something had happened, I think this was because of that pay scale. 
You found out Some that y'all. Away we found out that, that they that was making. We were not being paid. And you, and, you, and, they, and, they, and they wasn't come assist y'all at all either. They wasn't come. They wouldn't come over there and see how hard y'all was working. Right. And they wouldn't so give us any extra help. So we all got together. All everybody that was on that shift, we got together and we had a sick out. So what? What exactly is a sick out? Well, we didn't go to work. They called in sick. <laughs> Everybody called in sick. They call that a strike and these nobody days. Nobody answered the telephone. They called the our home, but we weren't there. Oh, okay. They called you. We was all in another. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell now that that's over with. Now they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna put you in jail or anything. Enough, enough is enough. <laughs> so he was saying, sick and tired of being sick and tired, like Fatty Lou Hamer. Yeah, and when we did get back to where we were, I was the baby of the group. I'm still the baby of the group. I'm the youngest, the youngest of the nurses that was there. So I got called into the supervisor. <laughs> they know you go, they figure you're going to tell. Huh? <laughs> you're the youngest one. You know, you're going to tell on everybody. Well, I was threatening to lose my job, but I didn't tell. Oh, you didn't, you didn't tell? You held true to the game. <laughs> I didn't tell. So did, did y'all receive more pay? Or, well, who, first of all, if all y'all stage a sick out, who worked at Ward then? The white nurses. Oh, so they had to go over there now. They yeah. had no choice. <laughs> y'all forced their hand. This was further down the line. And this was about the time that the white nurses, and then there was some, a few black nurses on the other unit. So they started moving you around then? Yeah. Okay. There was a few black nurses on the other unit. But uh, between the RNs and the supervisors, they got the work done. It was hard, but they got to work. So they had to go on the other side and uh, to the forward floor. They had, they had to face the music. <laughs> they were forced. So y'all forced their hand. Forced their hand. Miss Jackson, y'all forced the people hand. Yeah, we, we got a few pennies. Not much? No. No, we didn't get much. So but we got a few pennies. And y'all worked harder than anybody. Yes, because we had more patience, we had more, more responsibility. We just had a lot to do. Care of the babies, the mothers. And they, had, they didn't have a, like, you now you got a lot of gunshot wounds. Y'all didn't have a tend to a lot of gunshot wounds back then. Yeah, we did. You did? We had wrecks. We had everything you could think of. Coming through that war. Coming that through there. What did uh, what did they? Our Lady Lake was available at that at that time. Yes, Our Lady Lake had something like a basement, something like a basement yeah. where they had a few blacks. In the basement of the something hospital. Like a basement yeah. floor. They had to be placed on the basement. I heard about that. Was that when they were down there off 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 by the river? Yeah. Mississippi right. River. That's right. That's yeah. where the lake used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They didn't have many blacks. The blacks came to Baton Rouge General. Because Baton Rouge General treated treated us a little bit better at Baton Rouge no. General. They probably, just had a little bit more, more room. Convenient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And probably more space, whereas the lake had lesser space. But I did hear that blacks were placed in the basement at the lake, so they were they were they were segregating also. But they didn't have as big a segregated unit as the Baton Rouge General had. 
Well, Ms. Jackson, do you remember I got my friend, I, her mother was a nurse, uh, Kathy Hambrick and Daryl yes. Hambrick. You met Mary Ellen Hambrick, I believe was her yeah, name? Yeah, but I don't think she worked at the general. Oh, okay. She might have worked in Gonzales. Oh, all right. So you remember the name? Yes, Mary Hambrick. Oh, okay. I worked with Mary Hambrick at Carvia Hospital. Now you was at you was at the Bad Rouge General mm -hmm. for ten years then. Yeah. And you ended up going to the lake afterwards. No. Carvia. You went to Carvia. So you, okay, you went to, from Bad Rouge and went to Carvia. Because and, I had better opportunities at Carvia. Now tell us what Carvia. It was located in outside of Saint Gabriel. Tell us about Carvia Hospital. What, what, now what kind of hospital was Carvia? Most people Carvia don't know. Carvia was a leprosy hospital, a Hansen's disease. Leprosy hospital. A leprosy. So hospital. people from all over the country came to Carvia, of all of all colors, or just for. From all color, all over the world. Now, now, what what is leprosy? Leprosy is a a section of the nerve ending of the skin. In the Bible, they had leprosy where the skin would fall off and so forth. But with treatment, that doesn't happen. And the skin would turn white. Not. Well, sometimes from the medicine it would turn red. Okay, and spotty or something? Yeah, the body, the skin from the medicine. The medicine would turn it that color. So that was pretty interesting working there then. But it, you couldn't, con it wasn't contagious or anything? It was contagious after about three months when you started on medicines. But none of us caught the disease. I wasn't afraid of it because I didn't know enough about it to be a friend. Oh, okay. That was why I was <laughs> Had I known enough about it, I probably wouldn't have gone to Carville. Oh, but as I worked there and learned about it, I wasn't a friend. I worked as a nurse for about a year on the floor with the patients. And then a job came open for a respiratory therapist. And I had done that job at Batner's General. So I got the job. The leprosy hospital was run by the, the government, the federal government. Yes, it was run by the federal government. And I was promoted to a higher grade. So that was the better opportunity for me. It moved me up to a higher grade and, and a higher and more paid than working at Baton Rouge General. Oh, but much, that, much more paid. Much, much more. But at that time, the Baton Rouge General was, was more integrated. But it, was, it was beginning to be more, because Gwen was there then. Right. So what, what year did you arrive, Ms. Gwen? Uh, I worked at the Baton Rouge General, I think, in, in 59, because that's a no. year. No. No, I'm sorry, after that. You graduated from Dillard in 59. Oh, okay. And I thought, I'm thinking, I thought Baton Rouge General was probably one of my first jobs. Well, no, I didn't, because I did live in Texas a couple of years, so it must have been maybe about sometime in the 60s. The early 60s? Was, yeah, that I went to Baton Rouge General. And you, you only stayed there for five years? Where did you go after? Oh, after, after the five years, I stayed there, and I will say this for Baton Rouge General, during the time I was there, I did get promoted to head nurse on Fort, Fort East. Oh, you became a head nurse on yeah, Fort East? Finally, after many, <laughs> many years and many struggles, uh, I did get promoted to a head, to a head nurse position. So were, were you an RN? Or? I was an RN. You were an RN. Yes, yeah, okay. so I was able to work straight days, which was somewhat to my advantage. But again, there were still struggles because, uh, you know, 
we did not get the help that we had. The, the other floors had more nurses, and it looks like when we were short of staff, for East was always short. So I tolerated that as long as I could, and I probably stayed there about five years, and then I went to the school board to work because I had better hours, less salary, but better hours and more vacation time. There was always, in my opinion, on the floors where you had predominantly uh, black patients or you had black supervisors, you were given less staff to work with. So nobody wanted to come there because they knew the work was going to be harder. So they, I mean, they were just not, in my opinion, they were just not fair. <laughs> so I took it as long as I could. And then I moved on for lesser money. <laughs> but but you, was at, you was at peace with yourself. I was at peace with myself. What you want to say, Miss Jackson? But, I mean, and also I want to let Miss uh, Miller keep referring to Miss Jackson as Miss Anderson because yes. that's how I know as Miss right. Anderson too. So Anderson Jackson, <laughs> yes, yeah. fine. Forget about the marriage. This is one of the things that happened to me while I was on Full South, and I was working with a black patient, an elderly black patient, and she was a little, I'll say a little senile. So I was trying to give her some medicine and she didn't want to take the medicine. So I kept trying to give her the medicine. So when I put a couple of medicine in her mouth, she spit it out at me. And then she, she slapped me. But when she slapped me, she had feces in her hand. Lord have mercy. So I was slapped across the face with feces. Mm -hmm. By elderly patient? By black elderly patient. As I said, she was a little senile. And all I could do was stand there and shake the bed rail. <laughs> I was shocked and mad and I couldn't hear her, but I wanted to hear her. <laughs> you, you, you wanted to jump in that bed, huh? <laughs> you forgot all about the elderly, huh? <laughs> so the other patients, it was three other patients in that room. It was a full bedroom. And they said, oh, she shouldn't have done that to that nice pretty nurse. They were talking all this stuff. So I turned and walked out of the room. When I walked out of the room, I fainted. Oh. <laughs> you so faded. The other nurses thought I was sick. They called my mother. My mother came to the hospital and found out what had happened. And my mother told them, no, she's not sick. She's mad. <laughs> <laughs> you about to hurt somebody. <laughs> so, that, so that was one of the experiences that I had as a nurse at Batner's General. I had many other, many other experiences. I happened to work with Miss McDonald's father and it was three patients in that room. Three men. I, I, I better not call names. <laughs> You, you would know them. Okay, then. And they wanted to watch a football game that night, but they had pestered me all that shift. They want this, they want that, they want this. So really, they was being a pester that evening. So 
They were waiting for that football game to come on later that evening. So I said, I know what I'm going to do. What did you they do? kept pestering. <laughs> so about time for that football game, I said, well, it's about time for their uh, night medicine. And it's about time for their <laughs> shot, pain <laughs> shot. You put them to sleep. <laughs> Come to say they didn't get to watch that football game. <laughs> <laughs> That's their punishment. That's too cute. Let, let them know. That's how, this how you roll, love. You want to mess with me? Sure. I put them to sleep. <laughs> but, but they did live to see another day, though. They woke up the next morning. Oh, yeah. No problem. Like they, 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 they woke up later that night, but the game was off. <laughs> they didn't even know what happened, huh? They didn't know what happened. They thought they just fell asleep. Huh? On Fort South, we were unfortunate enough to get all used equipment. All used equipment. We got bedpans, urinals. urinals that the other units were discarding. When they got new equipment, it was passed down to Fort South. So the same thing happened in the school where we got the, got the old books. Uh, so in the, in the hospital though, in the when, it, when they discard stuff in the hospital, it's time for it to go. You, you don't, you're not supposed to reuse it. But it was sent to Fort South. We never got anything new. Everything that was placed on, on, on white units when they got new equipment was sent to Fort South. So that's what we dealt with. But we did a good job of sterilizing, right? Because there was no cross infection. So, so y'all, y'all never had no other illness that was because of y'all didn't y'all didn't properly take care of the equipment or clean no, no. it sterilization. We had to sterilize it, and I think at that time they had a a sterile a machine that you put it in. You know, you could sanitize it and whatever, and probably sprays. But we had to really be careful that we were not contaminating our patients with used equipment. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to give the staff, whether it was LPNs, RNs, mm -hmm. they were very dedicated and believed in doing everything right. And how many patients would you say was that was on that floor? That unit would probably hold about how many you think? About 40, 42. Yeah, about 40, 45 patients. This is a large unit. Yeah. And then if there was an overflow, we had to put patients in the halls with screens in between them. Mm -hmm. So they it weren't the even in the ward. But if you had an overflow and a patient came in and had to be admitted to the hospital, they would not admit that patient on a white unit. They would put them on the hall and we'd have to screen them. Mm -hmm. And there was about 10 on that hall. Y'all have 10 patients in the middle of the hallway. And with screens. Mm -hmm. with screen. And you all and y'all walking through the hallway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we were responsible for those patients, even though we they were all the We had to take care of them. And I guess at that time we were so dedicated until we didn't want them to, you know, suffer. It wasn't their fault, but that was the rule of the hospital. They didn't put them on any white units if they were black. And so that, that means that y'all work what, eight hour shifts or ten oh, hour shifts? Hours. We work eight hour well, we shifts, but sometimes it was ten it's and twelve. Ten, ten and twelve, but you were paid for an eight hour shift. So if you had to work a night shift, e evening shift, let's say from what, three, six, three, to three, three to eleven. So if it's eleven o'clock at night, your ride come to get you. He's got to sit out there and wait on me. Or leave. Or leave and come back, because I couldn't get down there. I couldn't complete the job. 
And, and there was no cell phones. You couldn't call nobody to say, no I'm going to be cell late. Phone. No. <laughs> so, so you all had to, did y'all ride the bus or you had to just wait well, on Well, most times, you know, either we drove back and forth or somebody picked us up. Or somebody that had a car would take us Everybody home. home. We worked together. We had a lot of good teamwork. Oh, uh, I don't know if it was Hurricane Hilda or who it was, but I remember staying there like it was October, October the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th. Couldn't get home because of the wires and things that was out, and we couldn't have relief, couldn't get in. So we had to stay Very there. Overtime. They made a space for us to sleep a few hours. But I remember staying there three days. And you couldn't get to your own I family. Heard, I couldn't get home, and the nurses couldn't get to work. No, no matter what the situation was, nobody attempted to accommodate you as nurses. Y'all had to make it, make it, make it the best way you can. That's right. Well, now when it when that happened, but were the other nurses in the same situation y'all was in? They they were stuck there too. Oh, they accommodated them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it would be the whole shift of us. Had to just stay there and get the work we done. We have to stay there and get the work done, take care of the patient, because our relief could not get there. Yeah, nurses would work there, but they wouldn't let the doctors the come doctors, work. No. If a doctor had a, a black doctor had a patient that needed to be admitted to the hospital, then he would have to have a white doctor to admit that patient. They yeah. worked quite well no. together. I don't remember being any conflicts between the black no. and the white doctors. They were very professional with that, and they were willing to admit their patients that they needed to be And they admitted. took good care and of the They took excellent patient. care. But once that patient was discharged, then he went back to his white doc to his black doctor. But the benefit of working for a doctor to have privilege at the hospital would be that they can also charge for their services at the hospital, right? That's why the yes. doctor would come to the yes. hospital. Yes. But the other doctors got paid for the services of those patients. Mm -hmm. While they was in the hospital. How, how many doctors, how many black doctors were there? There were not a whole lot of them. I think you probably, you know. At I, first we at had first. two. Yeah, there weren't many. Yeah, they were probably a handful. Yeah, maybe not about many. five, but I don't yeah. think it was yeah. that many. Because we didn't have a lot of them in the, in the city. But with hey, Dr. Cummins later on. Right. But with Southern University being here, I would have thought they would have been producing more doctors. No, no. They did not but have they a didn't. Lot, lot of black doctors. So. We didn't have that many black doctors in the city at that time. Yeah, we probably had just a handful of black doctors. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to ask you later. Personal question now, Miss uh, Miller, you don't mind sharing what year you was born? 1936. 1936. <laughs> Yeah. Since my, my partner, I'm going to tell my brother too, Albert, that Miss Jackson said, What we going to do? Not what we going to do now. What we going to do? Right. The Buffalo Man. <laughs> She's ready. But her daughter worked for me at Buffalo Wings, or Terry did. Now, question. Now, so I heard something one time they mentioned they called y'all the chocolate nurse. 
Anybody remember that term? I don't remember that. No, I don't <laughs> Okay, there must have been one of the other ladies that made that comment. That's a, you wouldn't be surprised by it too. I don't remember that one. Well, I know uh, several years ago y'all was honored by now the mayor, uh, Sharon uh, Weston Broom. Right. At that time was a state representative, mm -hmm. along with uh, Constable, who was a constable at that time, Major Reginald Brown. Now, how did right. that go? What You remember what happened at that? Ceremony. We've had several. Yeah, very nice. Ceremony. We've been honored. We've been so blessed because we didn't do the job to be honored. You done it because that, that's. And I never would have thought that we would have been honored as much as we have. Last year, I was interviewed by Channel Two, and I understand it ran. For quite a while on TV, they came okay. and interviewed me at my home. Miss Miller was out of town, I, I think, at the time. Well, how many of, of y'all are still here, on, you know, living that, that was that worked at that time? Three. Just three. Three. Oh yeah, forgot to mention Miss Erdine. Yes, she wasn't able. Miss Erdine, she was not here. She's not. She wasn't able to be here. She's older. Right. Much, older. Much older than everybody yeah, else, so mm -hmm. uh, she's not in the be best of health, but we wish that she would have been here because she was the, one of the first right. to start working at. Right, because she was working during the time the polio came out. When polio, if you remember Yes, ma'am. Well, she was working during the time that was a uh, was a epidemic. pandemic, yeah, epidemic, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, she's very knowledgeable, too. So I, you know, we wish that she could have been here with Miss Erdine. We hopeless that we hopefully we can still get a interview with you one day soon. But uh, we know you couldn't make it today. We was expecting three young ladies, but uh, I retired from Carvia Hospital in 1995 after 26 years there. So you did 26 years at Carvia and 10 at Baton Rouge General and three months at, at Southern University. And I did home health. I did. I've, <laughs> I've had about 50 years of nourishing. 50 years of nursing. You enjoyed that. Every bit of it. But we appreciate anything y'all want to share, want any, any great memories. By saying it's been a pleasure meeting with you today. It's been an enjoyment, and I hope we have given you good information. Excellent information. <laughs> yes, and believe it or not, every bit of it is true. <laughs> That's a great way to close now. I, and from what y'all what you all said in the opening of the show, the great y'all greatest honor will be when the Baton Rouge General on Florida Boulevard put up a plaque in honor of Four South. But also once again we'd like to thank the Chancellor over here. We'd like to thank my friend L uh, Southern University Chancellor. John Pierre for allowing us to use the space and place here on the Southern University campus, campus at the Law Center, but also to have these two ladies to show up and to give us such a wonderful interview and take your time out your schedule to be a part of this. And we are so honored and pleased like thank my daughter Samia, my photographer, videographer, and my partner in crime over there, old Maida. So, uh, but we like to. But we'd like to thank you for being here and being a part of uh, Count Time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you. And always remember this here. 
Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. D. Zobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.